Morning prayer begins on page three, prayer book. The hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. O Lord, open thou our lips, and our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. For the Benite Psalm 95, on page 459. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth, and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation and said, It is a people that do err in their hearts, for they have not known my ways, unto whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalms 142 and 143, beginning on page 518. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, yea, even unto the Lord did I make my supplication. I poured out my complaints before him, and showed him of my trouble. When my spirit was in heaviness, thou knewest my path. In the way wherein I walked, had they privily laid a snare for me. I looked also upon my right hand, and saw there was no man that would know me. I had no place to flee unto, and no man cared for my soul. I cried unto thee, O Lord, and said, Thou art my hope and my portion in the land of the living. Consider my complaint, for I am brought very low. O deliver me from my persecutors, for they are too strong for me. Bring my soul out of prison, that I may give thanks unto thy name. Which thing, if thou wilt grant me, then shall the righteous resort unto my company. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and consider my desire. Hearken unto me for thy truth and righteousness' sake. Enter not into judgment with thy servant, for in thy sight shall no man living be justified. For the enemy hath persecuted my soul, he hath smitten my life down to the ground, he hath laid me in the darkness, as the men that have, long, have been long dead. Therefore is my spirit vexed within me, and my heart within me is desolate. Yet do I remember the time past, I muse upon all thy works. 
Yea, I exercise myself in the works of thy hands. I stretch forth my hands unto thee. My soul gaspeth unto thee as a thirsty land. Hear me, O Lord, and that soon, for my spirit waxeth faint. Hide not thy face from me, lest I be like unto them that go down into the pit. O let me hear thy loving kindness be times in the morning, for in thee is my trust. Show thou me the way that I should walk in, for I lift up my soul unto thee. Deliver me, O Lord, from mine enemies, for I flee unto thee to hide me. Teach me to do the thing that pleaseth thee, for thou art my God. Let thy loving spirit lead me forth into the land of righteousness. Quicken me, O Lord, for thy name's sake, and for thy righteousness' sake bring my soul out of trouble. And of thy goodness slay mine enemies, and destroy all them that vex my soul, for I am thy servant. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the 14th verse of the 12th chapter of the second book of Samuel. However, because by this deed you have given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme, the child also who is born to you shall surely die. Then Nathan departed to his house. And the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife bore to David, and it became ill. David therefore pleaded with God for the child, and David fasted and went in and lay all night on the ground. So the elders of his house arose and went to him to raise him up from the ground. <clears throat> but, he <would, coughs> excuse me. but he would not, nor did he eat food with them. Then on the seventh day it came to pass that the child died, and the servants of David were afraid to tell him that the child was dead. For they said, Indeed, while the child was alive, we spoke to him, and he would not heed our voice. How can we tell him that the child is dead? He may do some harm. When David saw that his servants were whispering, David perceived that the child was dead. Therefore David said to his servants, Is the child dead? And they said, He is dead. So David arose from the ground, washed and anointed himself, and changed his clothes, and went into the house of the Lord and worshipped. Then he went to his own house. <clears throat> and when he, fat, he requested, they set food before him, and he ate. Then his servant said to him, What is this that you have done? You fasted and wept for the child while he was alive. But when the child died, you arose and ate food. And he said, While the child was alive, I fasted and wept, for I said, Who can tell whether the Lord will be gracious to me that the child may live? But now he is dead. Why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. Then David comforted Bathsheba, his wife, and went in to her and lay with her. So she bore a son, and he called his name Solomon. Now the Lord loved him, and he sent word by the hand of Nathan the prophet. <clears throat> so he called his name Jedidiah because of the Lord. Now Joab fought against Rabbah of the people of Ammon and took the royal city. And Joab sent messengers to David and said, I have fought against Rabbah, and I have taken the city's water supply. Here ends the first lesson. The other Benedictus asks on page 11. Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. 
Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, praised and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the 13th verse of the 24th chapter of the Gospel according to St. Luke. <clears throat> now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Then one, one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which happened there in these days? And he said to them, what things? So they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. <clears throat> yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came, saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. Then he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken, ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Then they drew near to the village they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone farther. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread, blessed, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him. And he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on that road, and while he opened the scriptures to us? So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem, and found the eleven, and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord is risen indeed, and has appeared to Simon. And they told about the things that had happened on the road, and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. Here ends the second lesson. The other Benedictus on page 14. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers and to remember his holy covenant, to perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham, that he would give us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, 
might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people for the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. <clears throat> I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory for ever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Almighty and everlasting God, who art always more ready to hear than we to pray, and art wont to give more than either we desire or deserve, pour down upon us the abundance of thy mercy, forgiving us those things whereof our conscience is afraid, and giving us those good things which we are not worthy to ask, but through the merits and mediation of Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth the eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us, thy humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries to the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Morning to all. We have some interesting things in the first Samuel, in the second Samuel lesson today uh, that, that kind of uh, I know, highlight aspects of the gospel and the spiritual life. Um, the first thing is that this child of David and Bathsheba dies and um, because uh, 
but and the irony here is that the child is innocent, and of course uh, David is is the primary guilty party here. So the the, the child, and we're not really told whether it's a son or daughter, but but um, the child, the descendant, the son of David, dies for David's sin here in a way that prefigures the ultimate uh, descendant of David, uh, Christ, uh, dying for the sins of all. It's also strange, uh, very strange, that the very next thing that happens in the narrative is that uh, David and Bathsheba have another child named Solomon, who will be the heir. So God takes this union that was adulterous and involved a murder and uses it to be the lineage of the Messiah. And it just shows the messiness of the Old Testament in this regard. We've already had in the lineage, you know, the uh, the incest, you know, the relationship between Judah and Tamar way back when. We've already had, you know, Rahab, the prostitute, brought into it. And now we've got this. So it, it um, if we're looking in the Old Testament for some pristine order of events that brings us the Messiah, uh, we're going to look in vain. But a lot of people find the Old Testament disturbing for this reason. But I think it's comforting on the level that our own lives are very messy. And what the Old Testament testifies is God brings his will out of real messy human lives. And here in in and that's how the new creation works. It doesn't come out of all everything being neat and clean. God works out his purpose in incarnationally in the midst of real human weaknesses, sin, rebellion, all these things. And that gives us the assurance in the midst of our lives with our rebellions, uh, he can work out his purposes as well. We also note here that David begins to who David begins to be a model of what we might call the perfect penitent. Um, he he's been told this is wrong. He's told the child to die. So he fasts and prays while the child is alive, uh, entreating God for a better outcome. But when he discovers that God has chosen not to change his mind on this, <clears throat> David washes up and goes into the temple and worships. He gives God praise, and his worship is due God for God's will even when it wasn't what David asked for. And we remember that we yesterday, Nathan told David his sins are forgiven. What this means is David can go into the temple. All that's going to happen now to David is going to take place with David living in communion with God in prayer, although he's going to experience a lot of consequences of what's happened. And um, this reminds us, so, so as we faithfully work through the difficult things of our lives, praying for the good outcomes, but when we don't get what we want, worshiping God and, and, and giving God the glory he is due, we're going to get David as a model here for, for that, that holy way of life. In our New Testament story, the road to Emmaus story um, is a kind of um, paradigm that answers the question, how do we know the risen Christ if we never see him? And the story in Luke, I think, is a, is a pattern for uh, the church and the Eucharist, because what happens on the road to Emmaus? And what it starts with the, the very great mystery that two disciples who spent a lot of time with Jesus 
walk with Jesus for about seven miles and don't recognize him. And we can work out practically what that means. But in terms of the point, it is you don't see the risen Christ with normal sight. It's not a matter of just looking at it. It has to come, vision of the revelation of the resurrection has to come by revelation, by, by eyes of faith. And how are those eyes of faith developed? <clears throat> the road to Emmaus story, it is, first of all, by, by the word. He walked with them and explained a, from Moses to the prophets in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. It would be wonderful to be able to transport back in time. And if, if someone could translate the Hebrew into English for us to hear all that Jesus said in that sermon on the road to Emmaus, we get a lot of it in the New Testament because where he unpacks the meaning of these things, it shows up in the speeches of Peter, the sermons of Peter, and a lot of Paul's writings, we get these kinds of understandings. But the essential point is, it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and then enter into his glory. That's the blind spot. Why does suffering preclude, why is suffering necessary? Why did the Messiah die? And now he opens the scriptures, they can see why. So they see Christ in the scriptures, and then they enter the home where he takes and blesses and breaks and gives bread, that very Eucharistic action, and their eyes are open, and they know him. And this is what the church does when we gather around the altar for the Eucharist. We, we gather, and there's a liturgy of the word in which the scriptures are read, and, and we are, are proclaimed to us. And then we take and bless and break and give bread. And in that liturgy of word and sacrament, our eyes are open and we know him. So the church regularly encounters the risen Christ in this liturgy of word and sacrament. And again, the parallel of the story here is between the David and, and the New Testament is that this is what's come out of the horrible tragedy of Good Friday is this new creation and resurrection. This is what's come out of the horrible event of David and Bathsheba is child who's going to be the, the ancestor of the Messiah. And this is why in our own lives, when we bring our own messy lives to Christ in, and into his new creation, he comes into them and makes all things new and uses all of the messiness to, as the raw material through which he, he, he works his new creation in our lives. And that's how we participate in, in the new creation, the resurrection, not by ignoring all the bad things, not by pretending they go away or the power of positive thinking, but by Christ actually coming into the real events of our lives and transforming them and making them um, into something new. A few thoughts about today's lessons. We'll continue with the prayer for all conditions of men on page 18. O God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men, that thou wouldest be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. Or especially, we pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth and hold the faith and unity of spirit and the bond of peace and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are anyways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or estate.
that it may please thee to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Together the general thanksgiving. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we then unworthy servants to give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love and redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise not only with our lips but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service, and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Ghost with us all evermore. Amen. Good to be with you all in prayer this morning. Mm -hmm. Have a great day. Thank you for such a great beginning of the month of August. Yes. Or Thank September. You. Bye bye, everybody. I should say. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.